Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron, and middle names are played out! Uh, I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron, and I never even had a middle name, so I was ahead of the curve. It's Ooh. true. <laughs> uh, I was I'd... gonna have a middle name, uh, like, in quotes, nickname on that one, but then Matt called us out. <laughs> yeah, I needed to. I needed to cut the bullshit, you guys. Oh yeah, okay. we're we're getting straight into it today. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. it like it is for once. Oh man, who okay. you have beef with? Oh man, I have so much beef with. Spin a big wheel. <laughs> Wendy's. Oh yeah, what did they do? Where's the beef? <laughs> because of the, they put so much salt. Okay, in here there. we go. All right, okay, <laughs> I like Chili. it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that chili's too salty. Yeah, yeah, take them down. Get their asses. I'm burning them to the ground. Oh, I should have had my uh, air horn sound effect ready to go. Mm, that's relevant, too, because they burned that Wendy's to the ground like a month ago, and it was awesome. Oh, I don't remember that, but yeah, totally. That's part of that's part of the, the Matt army online doing my mm. bidding. Oh, yeah, sure. They are your personal army. It's true. That's, um... 4chan's slogan for a while was we're not your personal army. They quickly oh. abandoned that and became people's personal <laughs> army, though, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were before... Yeah, like, they always wanted to be. <laughs> they, that, that is a slogan that protests too much. You always were. <laughs> you wouldn't have had to have the slogan if you weren't. I, yeah. think, it, I think it was like the 8chan split where they were like, mm, what if we were someone's personal army, actually? <laughs> and they decided to make their whole other 4chan about it. What was that yeah. Goons for Hire website we went to? Is that one of the 4chans now? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's... Yeah. That's, goons.com. <laughs> that's 5chan. That's one better. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, that would be a funnier joke if, like, each chan was not twice as many as the last one. Like, 4chan is just the English language version of 2chan, and then 8chan no. is the evil version of 4chan. No. Wait. <laughs> 4chan is the evil version of 4chan. Oh, you say that, but 8chan is much worse. I didn't say 8chan couldn't be worse, but you can't be like, there. you can't have an evil version of Satan. (laughs) Yeah, let's not move the Overton window on 4chan's. Yeah. No, it it was like how Bart was the evil twin. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They're both extremely bad. Also, most of the internet is extremely bad. What's your least favorite part of the internet? subculture-wise, or individual website? Mm, The way that horrible people can find other horrible people and feel a kinship with them. So when they say terrible things, other people are like, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I support Mm. you. Here's what I'm gonna say. I feel like the internet makes it way easier for, like, libertarians to convince extremely stupid people that they have anything to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if a guy was standing in front of me on a soapbox screaming at a crowd about libertarianism, it would just take one person being like, but what about schools? And then that guy would be done. (laughs) But, like, on the internet, they can just delete those comments or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's far easier for someone to, like, go on a screed about how the man in Washington says no or whatever. Mm -hmm. But... Do you think Anne Rand would be popular if she was if she hadn't been such a p- popular blogger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was the first mommy blogger. <laughs> I mean, that's not entirely incorrect. Did she have children? Are there Rands oh, around? I don't know, but I think so. They would have starved to death because she would have refused to give them food for free, right? <laughs> no, she was on welfare. Yeah. I mean, she was a hypocrite for sure, but yeah. that makes it that my joke is doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Whoops. We have to we have to support the joke. That's the most important thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Never mind. Matt is right. He wins. <laughs> yep. Uh, Anne Rand did not have children. Okay. Cool. That's good. Uh, the Paul family is carrying on her legacy by naming their kids after her. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I do like that the first respo- result that came up in Google was from the Anne Rand Institute, and it says, <laughs> Anne Rand did not have children. She was too dedicated to her work and was incredibly prolific. Like, is that why? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> is that why? Maybe yeah. it's that she was a repulsive human being. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the moral repugnancy that made it so that she could never love or be loved by anyone. Also, that really casts uh, negative light on most of humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> know, have <laughs> children. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh, you have children? Lazy. <laughs> I guess you're not dedicated to the cause of libertarianism then, huh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, they should I, be like the shakers where they commit to never having sex <laughs> and yes. then they just die out. Oh, oh they usually do. They usually do commit to never having sex. Is, is there a way we can make it directly like a tenet of liber- libertarianism that your freedom is infringed upon if you have sex with someone? I think that that is actually like a sect of it. They think that women are stealing your sexual energy oh, yeah, to you for Satanism. I think that that's like, there's a Venn diagram and an overlap there but I don't think the ideologies are in any way linked. They just share a common audience. Yeah, Reddit mm. posters. Yes. <laughs> I just want there to be a reason... I want to come up with a reason why having any kind of romantic relationship with anyone is a violation of personal freedoms. Because you're making a negotiation with that person. Yeah. Mm, but that just opens the door to, like, free market prostitution. Yeah, it's the freedom to associate, uh, and you're freely associating with people, but then they're freely associating with others, so they're stealing your rights. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But isn't that the free market of so- of social interaction? <laughs> that's what a lot of uh, incel libertarian boils down to, though, that uh, women are, they are allowed to freely associate with other men, so this is bad in some way. Like, it's always complicated, but it's essentially like, you're infringing on my freedoms by not being forced to go out with me. Yeah. This is is what I mean when I say the internet makes it that these uh, arguments seem to hold up to scrutiny, because... (laughs) Again, if somebody just yelled that to a crowd, you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Explain. What does that mean? The the thing that is wild to me, and then I think that we should uh, quickly abandon this topic, is if, <laughs> yeah. if my parents named me after a famous uh, asshole libertarian philosopher, I would absolutely not carry on their legacy. What are you doing, Rand Paul? Yeah, but he's like... He is the biggest minkus in government. Like, he's <laughs> all right. So who are like, who are government's mm. biggest minkuses? <laughs> well, actually, I think you'll find that. Oh, you forgot to give us homework, President Trump. Like, come on. Yeah, he is absolutely. You forgot to give us homework, guy. <laughs> oh yes. man, you got him right oh, away. What a dork. Oh, man. I know that, like, I remember that there was some more extremely problematic stuff around it, and so I don't want to get too into it, but I I still remember his neighbor punching him in the face, and it makes me happy every time. You remember that? (laughs) That's good. No, I don't. (laughs) I do do remember that. I believe that he got in such a bad fight with his neighbor that he broke a rib or something. Yeah, so all I know about it, and I didn't look into it further because I didn't want to destroy my happiness about it, but he had invited his neighbor over for dinner and they were having a dinner party and something happened and his neighbor punched him in the face and in the ribs and he had to go to the emergency room and I love it so much. (laughs) I really want to know what the missing part of that story is. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't because it's gonna be the neighbor was like, no, I actually think we should be more racist in government or something and that would make me sad. Yeah. Oh man, he broke six ribs. Oh, nice. Goddamn. That's so many. I wish I had broken six of Rand Paul's ribs. Oh man, that's that put that on your tombstone, dude. That's like <laughs> that's a legacy right there. Yeah, question, the question mark to twenty twenty. Carrying on. Did he do this barehanded? I guess we don't know. There's probably a bunch of details missing. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. he ripped the hands off a bear and beat him with them. <laughs> he had a two by four. Rand, uh, Rand Paul famously has three hundred stuffed bears in his mansion. <laughs> Uh, Christ. Why not? Um, I'd believe it. Except, like, again, all of this philosophy kind of breaks down if you're like, well, you didn't kill all of those bears, Rand Paul, so why are you uh, profiting off of their deaths by having them stuffed in your house, I guess? Mm, I thought you meant, like, plush bears. Oh. Well, (laughs) no, I I was thinking taxidermy bears, but it's much creepier to think that he has a house full of teddy bears. Yes. That uh, makes him seem a little bit cute, or like no, <laughs> no, it makes him seem like a like creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> makes him seem like one of those spooky video games where you're just walking through a house and weird stuff happens, and there's yeah. no gameplay. And he's like, "No, you can't go in those rooms. Those are the bears' rooms." <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, what'd you do this week? Uh, so this week I've been doing the um, the yoga with adrian youtube series have you, have i talked about this on the show before do you guys remember i, I don't, don't think, think so. you have okay uh so as everyone has been doing 
during quarantine, I've been trying to figure out how to uh, stay in shape without going to the uh, viral Petri dish that is the gym. Um, and one of the things that, that Jan, my wife, and I have been doing is uh, is doing YouTube video exercise things. And we started doing yoga with Adrian, which is like the most basic B uh, YouTube yoga thing out there. Everyone talks about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's good. It's... I... I do sometimes feel like people, when they think about doing yoga, think of it as not really exercise. Yeah, I definitely um, think that, yeah. But, like, yesterday I did, uh, we did a 30-minute yoga video, and a full 11 minutes or so of it was planking. <laughs> and, like, fuck, man, <laughs> I was so tired. Yeah. My whole body was sweaty. Why, would, I, why would anyone voluntarily plank? Uh, it's good for your body, mm, but yeah, it you're, feels you're bad. Yeah, you're working against your own weight. Like, it's using your body's weight to uh, exercise it. Yeah, as I, I don't understand know about that it, one. As I understand it, you need to build up a collar of gristle around your midsection <laughs> to keep all of your various mm. organs from spilling out over the top of your jeans. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, yeah, like in, a, like in a horror movie when the zombies touch you and your guts just start pouring out of you. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, like, what I just said was technically true, even if it was in the most disgusting way possible. Yeah. Usually don't think of building muscle mass as forming gristle. (laughs) Well. Okay. Yeah, you want to be unappetizingly fit. I mean, is is this a framing we could use to get people more into fitness? Uh, No, because people want to look like a snack. Uh, Ah, I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can't have lean muscle mass because then you look like a full goddamn meal. Uh, no, I don't agree. Like, we've talked about this before, but when people get really muscular for movies and then super yeah. dehydrated, that is so unappealing. Yeah, I know. It's there too were, much. There were pictures floating around the internet this week from Zac Efron's new TV show, which, like, that's pretty crazy that that happened 2020. <laughs> but anyway, um, where everyone's like, oh, Zac Efron has a dad bod now. And of course he doesn't. Yeah. But... They, like, side-by-side pictures of him uh, in his, like, blasted dude bro phase, and then now, and, like, I've everyone I've seen, including myself, is like, I would much rather fuck hairy, slightly softer Zac Efron. Like, he looks genuinely attractive. Yeah. As opposed to this weird, like, Lego puzzle put together in the shape <laughs> of a man. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, the before is called Drogo, and the after is the mountain, and ladies prefer the mountain, we all know. Ew. No, I don't. Say it. I don't agree with this. <laughs> None of that is good. None of that is good. He's eight feet tall with no defined musculature, and he's the strongest no. man on earth. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, he's so violent and disgusting. No, no, just the actor who plays him, not the character. Oh. Well, Jeff, you should have fucking said that. <laughs> Hold on, he there are like five actors. Yeah, there are like no, five no, actors the, who play that guy. The last one, the big beefy one who did the cool murders. When you when his helmet comes off, spoiler alert! When his helmet comes off in the finale, he looks like fucking Uncle Fester. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, he's a big purple toad. <laughs> I didn't, I just can't, a battle toad in there, you guys. His stupid name is like Bjorn Fjornsson or something. I don't remember the actor's name, so I called him the Mountain. I'm sorry. I almost said is it, I thought his name was Yorick, but I think that might be the giant polar bear from the other HBO series. <laughs> yeah, Yorick Ferdinand is the po- giant yeah. polar bear from his Dark Materials. Yeah, but played by the same actor. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at pictures of this guy now. No, I'm going to say no on this. No, absolutely I not. I feel like I would be afraid of him crushing my body during intercourse. <laughs> Probably. It's <laughs> like the most horrible way you can say that. <laughs> that's what that's my shit today, Louisa. No okay. middle ta- no middle names and saying everything in the grossest terms possible. Uh, okay. I there is one it. there's one grosser way that he could have said it and he could have said um sexual congress. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. His name is Half Thor Bjornsson. That's yes. so good. <laughs> that's I do not find this man attractive. He's if like a giant a, thumb. If, God damn it, let me say my joke. Yeah. No. If that's half a Thor, I'd hate to see a whole Thor. Get him! Having sex with this guy is a real Mountain Dew. I bet you'd God. be half Thor after that. <laughs> 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 Get him. Oh. 
<laughs> How have none of us downloaded an air horn app during this whole episode? We did like a hundred episodes ago. But I put my phone away because I'm professional. Jeff's probably uh, on his phone, so you need to get on Jeff about this. Uh, um, uh-huh. Yep. Uh, That's right. Oh no, Jeff. You're floundering. <laughs> I don't know how to respond without lying. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so doing yoga at home is actually, like, it's very weird because I've gone to the gym at least once a week for, like, 10, 15 years now, uh, and so it's pretty weird to just not be doing that anymore, but it's also weird because, like, the, the benefits you gain from going to the gym are so incremental that you never really notice them, Mm. and doing yoga for, we're doing the 30-day challenge now, we're on day four, um, and, like, doing it for four days and doing it spottily uh, before that, but I'm already noticing how much less, like, garbage my body feels when I'm just sitting in a chair. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, like... I'm genuinely more flexible already than I was before, and, like, my body can do things more easily, and I feel like maybe lifting weights was always a sucker's game, because this is genuinely improving how I feel and do things every day. Oh, that's awesome. I hope you uh, can both make it all the way to 30, because that's that's really a tough challenge, I know. It's true, and, like, right now, we're still in the phase of her being like, hey, if you need to, like, sit on a pillow, that's okay, and, like, take your time and everything, but I've seen those thumbnail images of day, like, 27. <laughs> yeah. And she's, like, on one hand, standing on one hand with the rest of her body up in the air. I can't do that. Not, not with not that yet. attitude, you can't. <laughs> I will never do that. I will never be capable of that. You don't get to <laughs> find out those I... secrets for a while, is all. Yeah. <laughs> on day 20, they teach you how to defy gravity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Uh, (laughs) You're not excused. What have you guys been doing to stay fit? I know, Jeff, you've been doing Ring Fit Adventures. Is that still a thing? Uh, I haven't done it for like a week because it's been too hot in the living room and I don't have space in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to... uh, Are are you sneak transitioning into what I did this week? No, I mean, I I feel like we didn't talk about my thing for very long, so I wanted to be like looping you guys into the conversation more. Hmm. Uh, I I could say mine real quick, which is I haven't been doing anything because I feel like everything is going bad in the world, including in my own personal life. And if one thing I cannot worry about is whether or not I'm fit, fine. Great. (laughs) I will gladly throw that right into the dumpster. Do you ever not feel, uh, do you not feel the, that, like, this is one thing I could make go good, though? No, like, not about that. Alternative? No, okay. never. Literally never. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, the only reason that I'm still doing this, I think, is because I'm like, well, I literally can't control anything else, and everything else is an absolute dumpster fire, but I could theoretically maybe get in shape now. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I bought a 12-pound kettlebell. I took my little scooter over to a Target far away, because mm-hmm. um, there were, like, we checked the stock at Dick's Sporting Goods out of weights, just out, like they sold out. Uh, the models that's closing down, I don't think ever sold weights, uh, or they just all got bought because it's closing, um, and the Targets that were closer didn't have any. And when I got there, the one I wanted to buy was out of stock, even though the little screen said it was in stock. Mm. Uh, so I had to settle uh-huh. for a uh, three pounds lighter kettlebell uh, instead of a, a dumbbell, 15 pounds. But I think 12 pounds is fine because my arms are sore and I only did like five rows on each arm or something last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get big beefy arms so that I don't have to get rid of my gut so I can just have that uh, <laughs> what the internet refers to as a dad bod when really it's a weightlifter bod. Uh, at, speaking as a man with big beefy arms and a gut, it's not it's not great. It doesn't <laughs> feel great. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I would feel good about it because I I don't have my height to lean on like you do. Yeah, I suppose the way that the way that it works out for me is because I'm quite tall. I've got like weirdly muscular limbs, and then the middle part of me is like <laughs> if a frog got dried out. <laughs> 
Uh, like a big old belly and then like a weird like lumpy chest. It's not good. It's not a good look. Yeah, my um my fitness goal has and always will be Wolverine, but not the movie Wolverine, the comic book Wolverine. The animal he's... Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, the animal a Wolverine. That's very achievable. <laughs> yes, that's easy. I already uh, live in the Australian outback or whatever. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out how to get much much hairier and way smaller. how big are wolverines i think they're the size of like a small dog okay i'm the size of like a pretty big dog so i think i'm gonna have to get smaller (laughs) we're coming up with so many great ideas for things you should add to your dating profile (laughs) the size of a pretty big dog yeah i'm not that big for a person but i am the size of a pretty big dog (laughs) i bet i'm bigger than your dog <laughs> and then you've got a first date thing yes! right in. Oh, it's so good. I'm adding to my Tinder right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, one of these days we're going to crack the code of the one thing you need to put in there that everyone will respond to, and then we will share it on the internet and break Tinder. Yeah, when we figure yeah. out the one thing that every woman wants, then we'll write a self-help book. <laughs> it's true. Mel Gibson had a movie about it that no one saw, so that's why no one knows the answer. I did see it, and I still am unclear, so I guess I missed <laughs> the message in the movie? I think hmm. it's something about getting struck by lightning? Yeah, you only got half a face after that. Yeah, also. no, you have to pee in the same fountain as a woman to know what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh man, I was definitely going to talk about what I did this week, and I thought of something that was really good, and I instantly forgot what it was, because we started talking about working out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know, what did I do this week? I guess I've been back on the dating apps, and that sucks. Oh no. Um, yeah. How does, how, how? Is, is anything happening there in the quarantine? Because like... A hookup app seems like the worst thing to be doing during a quarantine, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Tinder allows you to tind anywhere. Um, So, like, you can just be like, I'm gonna... Since nobody's meeting up, it doesn't matter if people are nearby you. Yeah. Um, And Bumble added a a badge for, like, hey, how do you want to date during the COVID pandemic? And you can be, like, uh, online only or, like, socially distant walking. Ugh. Can you say, like, oh, I don't care. I want to roll those bones. I don't care if I die. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that sounds worse to me than going on a date with a stranger that you met on an app is going on a virtual date with a stranger that you met on an app. Yeah, I cannot imagine. A conference call uh, with a romantic partner uh, that you've never met before. Uh! Yeah, that'd be good, though, because then you could be like, oh, no, my connection's breaking up, which you can't do if you're at a bar with them. (laughs) No, imagine if you're on a date in person with someone who you're just like, sorry, I can't hear you. Oh my god, you would do anything to get a second date with that person because of how awesome they are. But they've already rejected you in the most insulting way possible. I know, that's (laughs) negging, Louisa. That's the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And we know that works for sure. Uh Uh-huh. We've been told by our uh, friend the wizard or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, the whiz, you got it. (laughs) Magic magic can't. I don't remember. Uh, I feel like the subtitle of Tinder might as well be, want to do some mouth stuff? And I feel like doing mouth stuff is the worst thing you could do during a quarantine. What if it's talking online, though, and they brand it, you want to do some mouth stuff? Yeah, that's mouth mm. stuff, Matt. Did you think about that? <laughs> the re- the most erotic mouth stuff is talking. Yeah, yeah. the biggest uh, sexual organ is the brain. Think about it. The mm. biggest sexual organ is the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you are saying all the most horrible things you can say today. <laughs> I know. Uh, the biggest hole to be filled is the one in my heart. Okay, God. <laughs> Put that in your profile. Uh, the, th- the thing I really need a jeweled plug for is the hole in my heart. <laughs> Could the jewel be a ring? I'm looking to get married. <laughs> that yeah. all goes in your profile. <laughs> Yep, I'm absolutely gonna put a ring on it, and by it, I mean your butthole. (laughs) And by ring, I mean one of those cameras that you put on your door. (laughs) Whenever anyone rings your doorbell, you can see who's doing it. Yeah, I'm gonna ring your doorbell. (laughs) Everything goes right on our Zoom call. (laughs) Oh, 
Uh, you're saying it in that in a creepy way, but you just mean it literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to pick you up for our socially distanced date. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's very sweet, really. <laughs> uh, well, I hate this. Louisa, what did you do this week? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, um, I just watched the Psych movie, which has just come out. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Psych to Electric Boogaloo. Psych was a uh, comedy mystery show about 10 years ago, and they've had one uh, TV movie since then, and then just this past weekend they released a second TV movie, and it was very good, and I enjoyed it, and I missed the show. Is it significantly less problematic than the show was, since it was made more recently? Yes, I think so. I tried to show Jen uh, Psych because... I mean, I like Psych as well, and we've watched a lot of other mystery series together. And she did like it, but uh, it was hard for her to get over the fact that the main character, Sean, spends most of his time objectifying women. Yes. Which so, is a fair criticism of the show. Yes. So they don't do any of that <clears throat> this good. time around. And uh, there's some good guest stars that appear in this movie. And uh, it's good to see them get up to a lot of their old tricks, like just sneaking around a building at night and see if they see somebody or not. Yeah, I mean, him and Dulé Hill doing uh, antics together is the strength of the show, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, is he still pretending to be psychic? No, they actually ended... Um, uh, when he wanted to propose to Juliet, he had, he decided he had to come clean about how he wasn't really psychic. And then they sent him to jail and it was all a sting operation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took six years for us to get you, but we got you. Yep. Um, I, I, the reason I couldn't watch more than like half a season of that show is because I knew at the point I started watching it that it was six seasons long and that they kept it up the whole time. <laughs> I think it's very, they did it very well, though, because it is the kind of thing where he was trying to sell himself, like Sherlock Holmes does, where it's not enough to just be like, look, I know this stuff because I figured it out. Like, Sherlock Holmes says this to Watson. If I told you how I figured it out, you would tell me it was nothing that I knew it. So he has to know it and then has to have an air, air, air of mystery about how he knew it. So pretending to be psychic is a great cover. Mm. Yeah. Um... I wish that I watched shows, because that's one that I could probably watch. (laughs) It does, again, getting into the problematicness of it, now looking back on it, like, the fact that he uses that psychic ruse to violate, like, uh, reasonable search and seizure laws and stuff like that is very (laughs) bad. Yeah, but if you look at a lot of, like, home detectives, that's kind of what they do. So yeah. you, you gotta suspend your disbelief on that, I think. Yeah, but, just uh, like he's suspending habeas corpus. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeff, if you did want to jump in, I think one of the nice things is it doesn't... It has some uh, through lines of plot, but a lot of episodes just kind of stand on their own, which is nice. You just I solve think, a little mystery. I think that was part of what why I couldn't get pulled through it is because there was no like season long arc i was like well i watched an episode and there's no tease for next time so while that was fun uh I, it has lost my attention immediately oh, well, you, okay. may, you may want to watch like they're not sequential but if you can find a list of them i'm sure you can find a list online there was like a season finales arc with a serial killer that became obsessed with Sean, mm-hmm. and there were like eight or nine episodes in that that are good and interconnected and like very cool. Yes, that's true. Mm. Uh, I just want Warner Brothers to cast those two guys as Booster Gold and Blue Beetle in a movie or TV show. Oh my show. god, yes. Absolutely <laughs> yes. Uh, it's the very, it's like, they have the exact same vibe, uh, which, you know, it's a classic comedy vibe of the goofball and the, like, uptight nerd. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although, I think Dulé Hill does a very good job of not making his uptight nerd as stereotypical as, like, an Abbott and Costello type. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, like, he's he's the uptight nerd, but he's way cooler than Sean is. <laughs> yes, I think they allowed him to develop that a lot more over the run of the show. Because if yeah. you look back to the early stuff, he kind of is just the uptight nerd. Like, oh no, we're gonna damage my car in this crazy caper. But yeah. by the end, they are absolutely equals, so... I love that. Yep. Well, it's time for the wiki, right? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Uh, I pasted it into the chat, and it is Nukipedia, the Fallout wiki. Huh. All right. This is the thing I actually know about. Have you both played Fallout? Because I have not. 
I have played every Fallout game, and I have the Fallout board game. Wow. <laughs> uh, I have started Fallout 3 and gotten about an hour in, um, like, three or four times, and that is all of my... Oh, and I played Fallout Shelter, the phone game, for a while. That game is so frustrating, because it's so much of it is just waiting for something to happen. Is that just, yeah. like, resource management? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> Simpsons Tapped Out, or one of those ones mm-hmm. where you're just, like, building a community, and then it's like, okay, it'll be four hours until this thing is built, and it's like, well, I'm definitely not gonna reload <laughs> this game in four hours. I might be dead in four hours. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, uh, shall we get into the wiki? Yeah, or, go for yeah. it. Uh, the background I'm seeing is just, like, concrete or something. Like, stained concrete. Yeah, it looks like maybe the wall texture from the interiors of one of the Fallout games where everything is, like, molded or just dingy. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, header <clears throat> is green, <laughs> and it's just opaque, flat green to the left, but then all the way to the right it, like, shades into... You can see, like, a gas mask or something, maybe, in the background? Yeah, it's it's the face plate of one of the power suits that was okay. a major part of Fallout 4. And it says, Nukipedia, the vault. Those uh, Nukipedia is on a bottle cap, and I know that's a thing from the game. And then yep. the vault is on, like, a little gear. One of the things that I think is genuinely cool about uh, Fallout games, and it's such a minor detail, but... Um, in, in the Fallout universe, bottle caps are used as currency, mm-hmm. and as you're exploring these ruins and whatever, you sometimes find, uh, bottled sodas that you can drink for power or whatever, and every time you use one, you gain one bottle cap currency, because <laughs> you took mm-hmm. the bottle cap off that bottle to drink it, and then you just saved it as currency. And I think that's such a great little detail that someone <laughs> thought of. I always, that always makes me happy. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> welcome to Nukipedia and the Vault, a Fallout wiki with 35,952 articles. We are creating the ultimate guide to the Fallout series, and you can help. And then there's actually a very long introduction about, uh, how it's a game and, uh, what type of game it is and everything. I'm probably not going to read all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the type of game that it is, is, like, if the... Uh, 50s futurism extended and, like, that was the future and then a mm-hmm. nuclear apocalypse happened and then you're picking up later. Yeah, it's, it's, the, what I've read is that it was in, <clears throat> originally envisioned as if the pa- the Cold War panic of the 50s, mm-hmm. it actually happened. Like, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. War. That does make sense, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It's, um... They're, so it's it's very cool in that, like, they can just throw 50s music in the soundtrack, but then also there's robots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess that's pretty much just Bioshock, but a decade earlier, huh? Well, and I appreciate that the robots in Fallout all have that 50s retrofuturism aesthetic, as opposed to in Bioshock, where they're trying to make them, like, scary and grungy. Uh, and that that's a whole... I mean, that, that has its place as well, but I love in Fallout New Vegas, for instance, you find a robot that is like a Will Robinson Lost in Space style robot, but he thinks he's a cowboy, and he's, like, <laughs> playing cowboy western movies on his chest panel all the time. It's great. Hmm. <clears throat> that's pretty good. Uh, so they're considering this to be a role-playing game, because then at the bottom it, it's part of a role-playing game ring. Yeah. Yeah, the first Fallout, Fallout 1 and 2 were both isometric RPGs in the style of, like, a Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the genre that people call CRPG sometimes, um, yep. which is not a very descriptive name because it just stands for computer role-playing game. Yeah. Yep. But they they did a good job of, of like, character progression and... E- rewarding exploration and stuff like that. A a lot of those games are extremely good. And then when they went to Fallout 3 and made it a first-person game, it was like, was it the first first first-person RPG? Uh, No, it's Hmm. built on the Elder Scrolls engine, so... Oh, yes. Elder Scrolls uh, had been around for a while, and they were like, what if we do Fallout, but it plays like Elder Scrolls? (laughs) Yeah, and... And it's great. <clears throat> Fallout 3 might be one of the best computer RPGs of all time. Was it the first really popular game in the genre of uh, post-apocalyptic rebuilding? Because I know there have been like fighting games that are post-apocalyptic, but... Hmm. Uh, well, I, I, I think that it's just like... It, 
it was a very popular setting, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there was a game called, uh, and it's noted on the front page here, a game called Wasteland uh, that was an RPG from, like, the 80s. And I know uh, Wasteland 2 just came out a few years ago, well, mm-hmm. t- 2014. Um, but that was, like... I, I think that because it was the end of the Cold War in the late 80s and early 90s, um, that that kind of aesthetic was something that people were starting to play around with more. Like Red um, Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Fallout came out in 97, which is, what, six years after the fall of the Berlin Wall? Mm-hmm. The USSR? I, I, wall was first, and then the Soviet Union fell, right? I don't remember. Who knows? <laughs> um, I appreciate that Fallout 3 was a game, one of those games where, like, you can choose to be good or bad, and, like, you can, you know, there, there's nothing in the game that stops you from shooting the, the heroes in the face as soon as you meet them and going off and being whatever you want to be. Um, and I appreciate that that allowed me to stop being friends with a lot of people that turned out to be very bad humans. <laughs> <laughs> it was like because, a Turing test to find out if people were assholes or not. <laughs> yeah, like, so many times I would have friends who were into gaming and we'd be talking about Fallout 3, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, I went into that, like, orphanage and I just blew up everyone. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't want to be friends with you anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't want to play a game where I'm the bad guy. That's not good. <laughs> I wish that more games would allow you to like do the uh big air quotes evil action but like against the characters who are assholes cuz yeah. like in in a game like uh, I think it's the same... No, it's not the same developer, but it's, like, the similar genre, the Knights of the Old Republic and Mass yeah. Effect and, like, those mm. Bioware games. It's just there's a good track and an evil track, and some actions move you towards evil and some actions move you towards good, and yeah. kill- killing people, no matter how bad they are, always moves you towards the evil track. Yeah. Well, the alternative is moral relativism, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I think, appropriate for a post-apocalyptic game. (laughs) I do like in games like Mass Effect or Fable, where when you go along the evil track, your face gets all fucked up. (laughs) Like, are you guys ascribing to the, like, 17th century belief that evil people are ugly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you get yellow eyes, and then your skin gets all burned up, so you have to wear a Darth Vader suit. You develop more head ridges (laughs) for phrenology. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you become a Klingon? I mean, yeah, that's, right. that's, that's they basically what does happen to you in Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how they came up with the idea for Klingons also, so here we are. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry is famous phrenologist. Yep. Um, <laughs> I got a random page. Are we ready to go into random pages? Yeah, I think so, uh, unless you guys just, want to talk about the game more. I don't know anything about it, just to say about I- it. I just want to jump on one thing that you just said, Jeff, about Gene Roddenberry, which is I've been watching the updated, the, the Star Trek Discovery, the new Star Trek series, and in the credits at one point it says producers Eugene Roddenberry, and I got so mad, but then I realized it was his son. But I was like, you fuckers are going to call him Eugene Roddenberry now? After yeah, he's all not this around time? to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> If you tell, I swear to God, if you guys tell anyone my name is Eugene, oh, oh, no, I'm dying. It's just, it would just be wild to have traded on his name Gene Roddenberry for so long, and then to be like, uh, we're gonna go with Eugene now, because we're classy now. Yeah. We had a J.J. Abrams movie about us, I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, I think you mean John John Abrams. Yes. That's the name, John John? I don't know what the J.J. stands for. Oh, Jeffrey Jacob. Super classy name, John John. John Jacob Jingleheimer (laughs) Abrams. Abrams. (laughs) Sir, you are are 54, you can't be J.J. anymore, you're Jeff Abrams, sorry. Yep. Uh, Jeff Abrams sounds like someone I'd want to see a movie made by. <laughs> yeah, I have bad news for you, though, about the movies he's made. <laughs> Damn it. You're gonna get tricked. <laughs> I'm saying if he started making movies as Jeff Abrams, maybe they'd be good. Hmm. Because Which... of uh, genetic determinism? What was the movie we just talking about? Shit. <laughs> Phrenology? Uh... Yes, but I'm just saying, like, uh, the one where your name... Yeah. Nominative determinism. determinism. Yeah. 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 So his, if he had a better name, he would make better movies. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If his if his name was Good Movie Man, he'd make the best <laughs> movies of all time. 
Uh, yeah, maybe. You, no one's tried it, Jeff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Did you guys true. see Super Eight? Is that movie any good? I no, didn't. I, I did don't. Really, I don't really like Spielberg's choices a lot of times. Yeah. Super Super Eight was an Abrams. Yeah, but Spielberg too, right? Oh yeah, he produced it. I don't care about his was it Spielberg's production. I don't think that counts. He also produced like Animaniacs or whatever, right? <laughs> Wait, didn't we do this last week? Yeah, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> um, uh, did you guys? I guess I, I guess we've already covered this, but nobody here played Fallout seventy six, the MMORPG. No, no can you I, tell me I, why it was disappointing? All I heard was it was incredibly disappointing. Um, there just wasn't a lot in it. Okay. Like, uh, it, it had a lot of very cool ideas, but it focused so much on building shit. I think they were trying to get into that, like, Fortnite vibe. Oh, uh, okay. But it didn't really work, because, like, you can only build so much stuff in a shared world before you start fucking up other people's experience. Yeah. Um, and, like, I played it for a little while. It's fun, but it certainly, they charged way too much money for it. It was very buggy in the beginning, and at some point you get to the point where it's like, okay, well, to complete my next quest, I need to go into that area. But, like, 70 assholes have built gun turrets over there. Mm. So, I guess I'm done playing this game? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's so much of that. I don't know the solution. Give people their own some very specific areas they can build in and nowhere else, but, you know. It's almost like, problems. in order for to maximize freedom, you need to find a balance of freedom and responsibility to others. Mm-hmm. Hashtag libertarianism. <laughs> Is that what they try to do? They find a balance? <laughs> no, for... that's, the, that's the argument against libertarianism. Oh, okay. Is that they, you think that ultimate freedom is no rules, but actually it's rules that prevent you from infringing on the rights of others. Anyway. Yes. All right, now we can get into the random pages. Okay, cool. Uh, I got Disaster Relief Outpost. The Disaster Relief Outpost is a location in Point Lookout. Uh, This looks like it's in Fallout 3 or 4, I'm guessing. Hmm. Let's see, Point Lookout is... It's weird that it doesn't say. I was scanning for that, too. Yeah, I would have thought. The one that takes place around DC is 3, right? Yeah. Point... Point Lookout is the is a DLC for Fallout 3, so that's why <laughs> oh. they're saying Point Lookout is, like, the name of the game, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, I clicked on Point Lookout, and it took me to the page for the location, but because it said it was in Maryland, I was like, this must be 3. Yeah. Because 4 takes place in Boston, right? Uh, yes, that's and correct. 76 is uh, West, West Virginia, Virginia. Mountain Mama. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and New Vegas is in Las Vegas and Southern California. <laughs> New Vegas is in Old Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I heard New Vegas is the best of the 3D like new fallouts. It it extremely depends on what you want out of it, but it probably has the most interesting plot. Yeah, uh, and then they're the people who went and made The Outer Worlds, that um, sort of jokey Fallout clone that takes place in capitalist hell outer space. Which I really enjoyed. I finally finished it a little while ago, and it's it's still good. It was very good. Yeah, I mean, if you want more Fallout, like, it seems easy for people to just make more of it. It's like a pretty easy formula to follow. Mm, I don't see you doing it, Jeff, so it can't Burn. be Burn! Mm, yeah, get me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, that's just what he wants. Yeah, it, sounds, it sounds horny when you say it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I deserve it, though. Don't I? I've been a bad little boy. (laughs) Now it's starting to sound more like a commercial for pudding or something. (laughs) Jesus, what kind of pudding are you eating? (laughs) You know, bad little boy brand pudding. (laughs) It's got a, it's got a little like the the British Dennis the Menace on the front. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah, pudding's made of baked beans. And his pet rat, Nasher, or whatever that thing is. Yes. Oh my god, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a black pudding. It's like a blood pudding. Yeah. Yes, there we go. Yes, yes, we did it. <laughs> Bad oh, little boy is, pudding. Why is this so crunchy? You say as you eat it. Oh, oh Christ! God. This is very good. <laughs> Truly foul. We've hit it. This is exactly what British snacks are, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, uh, but the thing. The thing I said about why is this so crunchy is an actual feeling I've actually had while eating actual black pr- pudding. That's not a joke. <laughs> why does this? Why does this bad little boy bread pudding come in prawn flavor? 
<laughs> yeah. You know uh, what, though? Prawn-flavored potato chips are pretty okay, and I don't yeah, even like prawns that much. They're good. They're real good. Mm, this is America. We call them crawdads. Yeah. <laughs> we call them mud bugs. <laughs> I like just confidence in just saying the wrong thing, but being like, mm, "This is how it is here." I like that neither of us reacted as if that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's all. Listen, I don't care what size the shrimp is; it's all the same thing. Okay. Uh, all yeah, crustaceans are the true. same. Sure, lobsters. Are yes, gross. lobsters are a type of shrimp. Part. Agreed. Yep. No, they're lobsters. not gross. I'm not agreeing with that part. They're yep, delicious. Nope. They're all delicious. They're all, Louisa said they're gross. <laughs> lobsters are a type of scorpion. Yes. How delicious are scorpions? Not very, huh? Ooh, not I don't them. know. Are oh, they? You know what you, What game you can eat scorpions in <laughs> is every Fallout game. Because <laughs> yeah, you live in a blasted de- desert wasteland in the middle of Delaware. <laughs> yep. One of the biggest recurring enemies in the game is rad roaches, and when you kill them, you sometimes get rad roach meat, and if you eat it without cooking it, you get poisoned. Mm, but what if mm. you do cook it? Is it good? You can make all kinds of dishes with it, like rad roach tacos and stuff. Rad roach tacos is the name of my food truck. Yep. <laughs> People are asking a lot of questions. <laughs> Answered by. Yeah. Uh, give me another random page. Oh, are we not going to talk oh, about Oh, I thought you were going to talk about it even at all, or give the quote or anything. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the location we were given as our outreach center was a joke. The place was half-built, and what's been put together so far looks like it's going to fall in on itself any time. The real estate company wasn't much help. This is from the terminal entry at the disaster relief outpost. Uh, it looks like mm-hmm. this is some sort of abandoned, like, medical tent that you find in this Point Lookout DLC. Yeah, so the the core plot of Final, of Final Fantasy, that's not it, <laughs> of Fallout 3 is that uh, there is no more potable water in the Capital Wastelands, that's what they call the DC area at that time, mm-hmm. um, and so everyone is dying of disease because no one has any water they can drink that doesn't make them sick, uh, and you are on a quest to find a scientist's research that would allow them to create a filter that would make all of the water in the area potable again. Hmm. Um, so, and obviously you can do whatever you want in terms of like exploring and things like that, but a an overwhelming theme of the game is illness and how it affects culture. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, see, what I thought the main plot was is that you set your hacking score so high that you can just set off that undetonated nuke in the first town, and then the <laughs> game's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would end the game, you're right. <laughs> that's uh, everyone's goal, to end a game as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah that's, spe- that's what speedrunning is, right? Yeah, yeah. speedrunning by uh, skipping doing any of the game things and just hacking a nuke to blow up the whole game world. <laughs> Speed run zero percent. <laughs> Jeff Kowalski. <laughs> That's why you go to fight Lavos as soon as you see the portal to Lavos in that bucket. Yeah, so exactly. you can get killed instantly. Yep. Yep. You go you do the new game plus and go through the portal right at the beginning and you die. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I like the environmental storytelling here, where it's this shitty little uh, shanty town of medical tents. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fallout, all of the Fallout games do a pretty good job of that, although I do feel like Elder Scrolls and Fallout lost the thread on that a little bit Mm. in terms of, like, I'm absolutely not going to read every terminal in Fallout 4. I think there are, like, over a million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, um, I I think the idea of environmental storytelling in video games kind of came to the forefront around Fallout 3's release. Yep. And then it reached its terminus around Fallout 4's release, where everyone realized, like, I don't want to read this much. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it in Breath of the Wild. There's not a lot of reading there, but you do see a lot of uh, destroyed buildings and ruins. Yeah, I think I think people took environmental storytelling to mean a whole bunch of notes and shit to read, see? as opposed yes. to, like, when I see this collapsed building, I know, oh, that's an old cannery. There must have been a cannery here. I wonder what the, like, area around it was like. That's environmental storytelling. Yes. Not, not just a bunch of notes and, like, suicide notes scrawled on tables and shit like that. Yes, I fully agree with you that that's what people decided it 
meant, which is the opposite of environmental storytelling. If you're reading what someone wrote, that is yeah. that person telling it to you. When you're standing outside a ruined building with uh, fairly regular rows of apple trees, you're like, oh, this was an orchard. That's yep. environmental storytelling. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that Nintendo's philosophy uh, approach to this is really cool, and they don't do it very much uh, because, you know, they don't make the kinds of games that are uh, conducive to it, but, like, Pikmin has a lot of, like, they don't tell you that you're on an abandoned earth, but you're going around nature picking up, like, cans of Heinz baked beans and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. You find a uh, Statue of Liberty sticking out of the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the I Pikmin do... blew up. <laughs> Planet of the Pikmin. Pikmin of the Apes. <laughs> I do think that Fallout does do that kind of storytelling as well, and that's the best stuff that it has in it. It's just that they also do all of these terminals and notes and all of that dumb mm-hmm. shit. Um, but, yeah. like, in Fallout 4, there's a great part where you stumble across an old winery, and uh, all of the people are dead, and only the robots that tend to the grapes are still alive, and they've all, like, been programmed with the personalities of the characters from Grey Gardens. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's very good, because you can tell from that that, like, the last person alive on this winery went insane and wanted to have friends. Oh, man. I like that. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, That does sound really good. Uh, Shall we do my random page? I got Happy Camper. Uh, Happy Camper, quote, there's no place like home. Happy Camper is a perk in Fallout 76. Uh, I guess perks are like little uh, awards you get for achievements. Yeah, they did a... One of the things that I thought was really cool about Fallout 76 is in the other games, the way character progression works is you level up your stats like uh, charm or uh, strength or whatever. (laughs) And then as you do, you can spend your points on unlocking abilities. So (laughs) if you have six charm, you could choose to unlock the ability that lets you talk people into not fighting you. Mm -hmm. Um, In order to make that work in an MMO, they kind of had to tweak it so that, like, one person didn't get to level 99 and then just have all the abilities and just kill everyone else. (laughs) And so instead, what it is, is as you level up your stats, you get slots that you can put cards into. Um, And so, like, (laughs) this one is a Charisma 1, which means if you have a Charisma score of at least 1 you will have a slot that you could put this card into, and if you equip equip this ability, it gives you the ability to do Hunger and Thirst, etc., etc. So this is an ability that says, uh, Hunger and Thirst grow 40% more slowly when in camp or in a team workshop. So I guess it's as you build a team, you are... In a lot of uh, sim games where you build some kind of base, there's things like this, which is things are better for the people in your base when they're in your base, and I guess yep. it's a thing like that. Yeah, so that means that instead of just unlocking every ability, you have to be like, do I want to make my character the kind of person who works well in a team, or the kind of person who works well, you know, solo fighting against giant radioactive ants or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, th- I think that's a cool way to do it, where character progression still feels real, but you aren't, like, super overpowered <laughs> over everyone you meet. Yeah. This is a bit meta, but it's a shame games aren't better at getting people to want to do different goals in the game because people want to do different things in real life, but there's never been a multiplayer game that's really captured the idea that people want to do different things. Mm, Second life, though. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's true. Doesn't everyone just want to fly and be a cat person? (laughs) And and get really horny with strangers, yes. Yeah, that's that's what she said. That's real life. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I I think, uh, like... Good MMOs, uh, like the ones that have been around for a long time and for good reason, like World of Warcraft, allow you to excel in different specific areas. Well, that's um, good. Like Although- you, you have to party up for raids because you need someone who's good at healing. Uh, because if you're good at fighting, you're not good at healing and vice versa. Hmm. Although I will say that World of Warcraft doesn't do a great job of letting you not be combat oriented at all. Mm. Um, yeah. Whereas what I really like about a game that I don't play just because it tries to force you to work with strangers more than I would like. Uh, but one of the things that was very cool about Final Fantasy fourteen was that the MMO one? There's 11 and 14. Yeah. 11 was PS2 times and 14 is current. So 
14, um, one of the things I really like about it is that the way that it works is that you have all these different professions, like the job system in a Final Fantasy game, and you can change them at any time by changing your equipment. And so you can be like, I'm just going to be a metal worker. And that's all I'm going to put all of my time into is practicing metalworking. And you can get to level 99 metalworker and still be at level 1 knight or whatever. <laughs> and that's good. really cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. You can then make way better shit than the level 30 knights, and then you can sell it to them. It's so cool. It's <laughs> such a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, going off all this, we've talked about uh, Star Wars before, but I think if you could make a Star Wars multiplayer game, you want to have it so that it would be as fun to run a weird uh, space bar as it would be to be a Jedi, but so far, everyone wants to be a Jedi, right? I just, before anyone stop typing the message you're sending to Louisa, we know that there are already Star Wars multiplayer MMORPGs. That's fine, but the ones ones I've seen reviews for basically say, yeah, but it's no fun doing anything but being a Jedi. Yes. Uh, I never played Star Wars Galaxies, but it was my understanding that it was uh, very hard and rare to be a Jedi, so you would kind of have to enjoy being a smuggler or a Uh, a traitor or whatever. uh, (laughs) I guess, but that's not really the same thing. You want people to come to it organically. I know that in the Old Republic, which I played for, like, an hour, uh, they wanted so hard to make it cool to be a smuggler. They tried to bribe you into being a smuggler through the whole tutorial so bad. (laughs) They're like, "Mm, if you're a Jedi, then you don't get any starting equipment. But if you're a smuggler, you get 10 trillion coins. And it's like, "Mm, but Jedis have magic wizard powers, though. (laughs) Yeah, there is absolutely no way to translate. Like, if we were going to play a um, tabletop RPG in the Star Wars setting. They're, mm-hmm. Like, it's either gotta be everyone's a Jedi or no one is. I call dibs on being the Jedi. Oh, damn, damn it. I don't want to play every- this game anymore. <laughs> then everyone has to be. <laughs> Um, there was actually a very interesting uh, tabletop game written by a guy I know uh, in the late 80s, early 90s called Ars Magica, and it was about the idea that it was set in a world where like wizards were extremely rare, and so when you ran a game, there was one wizard, and everyone else's job was to keep that wizard alive. <laughs> I um, like that. And, like, wizards could do literally nothing except for magic, so they needed the party to help them. (laughs) And it's a very cool concept. The game was, like, unbelievably dense in terms of the rules of how magic worked and everything, Mm. so it wasn't very popular, but it was a very interesting concept. (laughs) I would love that if you did that in a Star Wars game and you were just like, hey, one of you gets to be a Jedi, and if you're the Jedi, you are... you." absolutely have to abide by the Jedi code 100% of the time. So, like, if if anyone wants to do anything that is even slightly immoral, you are not allowed to participate. Yeah, the, yeah. um, the game I, I have, a game I want to play, uh, called Scum and Villainy, which is built on the Blades in the Dark system, which yep. itself is, like, a heavily modified Powered by the Apocalypse game, uh, for anyone in the audience who those series of words mean anything to. Um, but the, like, Jedi class, like, you get a laser sword and magic powers, but you're all, you are also a member of a cult that everyone hates. Yeah, that would be, that's way more interesting than just being like, one of you has powers and everyone else, I guess, just waits for them to show up. I mean, that's the plot of the TV show Heroes, so I guess that's somewhat popular. Is it? Do people remember or like Heroes anymore? (laughs) I I still think it was really good at first. The first season of Heroes fucking owns Bones, and one of the things that's so good about it is that, like, the last four or five episodes, everyone's just like, we're so fucked until Peter Petrelli gets here. Yeah. yeah. And that's, like, all that anyone does at the end there, and I think that that's very fun, but it's a short-lived concept for a show. Yeah. Uh, I I do I, I do think that the, uh, the place it immediately, like, it went from being a really good show to instantly garbage uh, in this first season finale when they ran out of budget, and all of it was like, oh, wow, Peter Petrelli He's in the final fight right over there, just off screen. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think they ran out of budget during filming of the last episode, if that's what you're saying, Jeff. <laughs> right, but, like, it's definitely a case of, like, they couldn't do a big blowout movie style, because it was 2006. Yeah. Like, they couldn't do a big special effects-heavy finale for this first season of a show. I don't think that that's what anyone wanted, though. Yeah, I didn't. I sure didn't. Like, it, they, I think the real reason it fell apart is because they started to think that's what people wanted, but what everyone really wanted was more of the, like, genuine human mm-hmm. interaction around these powers that is what made the show good. Yes. I still say the pilot episode is the best, where Peter thinks that people have powers in the world, and he's one of them. He's going to be special for the first time in his life, and then finds out he's not, and his successful brother is. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's an amazing Honestly, story. if they'd had the courage to l- keep that, to lean into that, and have the whole series be him, like, getting more and more bitter and angry at the fact that he wasn't chosen and becoming, like, the leader of the people hunting down and killing people with superpowers, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah I, uh, there's a similar premise in My Hero Academia, where the main yeah. character is, like, one of the few people in the world who doesn't have superpowers, but, like, the first, the f- end of the first arc, he gets superpowers and goes to the superhero school, and it's like, wouldn't yeah. it have been so much cooler if he went to the superhero school, even though he didn't have superpowers. I don't know if anyone has ever done this before, but I genuinely thought when I watched that first episode that the series was going to be him at superhero school without powers trying to pretend he had powers the whole time. (laughs) Which I guess is just psych, so full circle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, last random page? Yeah, random page is, my random page is Corey. Okay. Cool. Who's he? Corey is a scavenger living in the Commonwealth. His name is mentioned in a letter found in the wastes. So that's it. That's all we know about Corey. He's mentioned in a letter. He doesn't actually exist in the game. The Commonwealth is the setting for Fallout 4. So, oh yeah, it says here, Fallout 4. I like that he's in the category, a whole category of Fallout 4 mentioned only human characters. Yeah. How do we know he's human? Oh, that's a good question. What if he's one of those uh, roaches? Well, we don't know how it was meant, uh, what the mention was. Maybe yeah, the mention true. was like, I love my human skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cory, known human. Although that does sound like something that like an ogre would say. Yeah. Like I've collected so much of this beautiful human skin and I love it. <laughs> I love uh, my I've... human skin coat. <laughs> yeah. I found the note that he appears in. Okay. Uh Corey, I'm telling you, man, this gig is top-notch. This place is right near a road, and we just grab caravans as they go by, and we live like kings. It's a brewery, for Christ's sake. It's packed with beer. How could you say no? I'll put in a good word for you, buddy, so just come out here and tell them I sent you. Oh, and I'm going by Crankshaft now. <laughs> they won't know who Melvin is. <laughs> good that is very Paula. good. Also, yeah. as you'll note, he says right at the beginning, I'm telling you, man, which lets you know that Corey is a man. Yeah. But he could be a male rad roach. <laughs> uh, I don't know. When we say <laughs> what is a man, we don't usually say or a rad roach. Like, it could oh, be either one of those. Uh, but what Kafka would disagree. <laughs> what if he's a miserable little pile of secrets? Ooh, then that's, that's definite uh, confirmation of him being a man, right? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Well, are we done talking about Fallout? <laughs> yeah, Fallout rules. Uh, I just got Fallout 4 VR because it was on Super Sale, and I'm excited to play Fallout again from the beginning. Fallout 4 again from the beginning because those games are great. Pretty good. So, if you like RPGs at all, play Fallout. That's what I'll say about that. Cool. All right. Uh, so, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, make sure to tell all your friends about it. Uh, everyone's looking for stuff to listen to these days, and this is one of those things. Yeah, I promise that you can listen to this while you are lying face down on the floor groaning loudly. Yeah. <laughs> Although, put put a pillow or something under your forehead so you don't suffocate yourself in your uh, carpet. Yeah, Matt's a yoga instructor now, and he's telling yep, you yeah. the, it's true. <laughs> tips and tricks. I only know one yoga pose, and it's corpse pose. <laughs> That's a real yoga pose, guys. I'm Makes not sense. making this up. 
It's still funny. It is still a funny joke also. So it's two things, a yoga pose and a funny joke for a podcast that you should recommend to all of your friends. Uh, Okay, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. You can find, uh, you can get into our Discord by sending us a message. And uh, you can get me on Mastodon at MattHeron at Mastodon.cloud. Yeah, get him. Get me. <laughs> yeah, get his ass. Uh, if you go to Mastodon dot cl- dot yeah. dot social slash at Jeff JK, um, then you can follow me, or you can go to Jeff JK on Snapchat and Instagram, and that's another place to follow me. If if I make my profile on Mastodon destroy this ass, is that going to uh, get me a lot of attention? I don't want. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> you should do it anyway. <laughs> Destroy this ass, a parody, fair use. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at Mastodon. <laughs> at Louis, sorry. <laughs> I started thinking, it. never mind. <laughs> at Louis at Mastodon.xyz. Oh, I do need to put he, him in my profile. Oh, yeah, your new profile. Yep. He, him, destroy this ass. Go for it. See if you get any attention at all. <laughs> no one will notice. But if you listen to this podcast, this is a great reason to look me up on Mastodon so you can see that I put this dumb thing in my profile. <laughs> Both of you assholes refuse to talk to other people, which is why nobody talks to you. I yeah, no, that's when fine. People respond to me, but I just do you don't see? Care. Do you see the, the the issue there, though? Well, I'm not. Gonna, I'm... I don't want to. I don't have enough time to spend reading all this shit. <laughs> okay. I'm fine with people uh, not talking to me. Yeah, I just like to shout to the void. Exactly. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If uh, if you liked, please come back next week. In the meantime, though, please remember to keep your pockets on Shrek. Oh, and I'm going by Crankshaft now. They won't know who Melvin is. (laughs) Do your job.